When I ask myself, what are the readings really saying to us today? We might take Jesus' opening line in combination with a phrase from the letter to the Hebrews. Jesus said, I have come to set fire on the earth. Boy, these last few weeks, actually most of the summer, we've been watching vivid news reports about the destruction and the destructive power of the wildfires out west, how fast they moved, how hot they were, how dangerous it was as they consumed whole villages and neighborhoods. What if that destructive power could become a power for good? What if that destruction that we had before our eyes was a power for good that was going on in the world? And we are being called today in our readings to be that power for good, that spark which ignites something powerful throughout the world that changes everything. I've seen what that power can do. Forty years ago when I was ordained, my second assignment uh, while Pat Heppy was here, I got assigned to the Dominican Republic. This is the guy who uh, flunked out of Spanish during his second year of high school. I've been there. (laughs) I was in the seminary and I uh, had to take Greek when I was a sophomore in college. Guess what I flunked out of? And then the bishop said, Bob, I want you to go to the Dominican Republic. Start studying Spanish. What had happened was a priest friend of mine and I were at a party together and he said, I've just invited by the archbishop to start a parish with another priest in the Dominican Republic. Remember, in 1979, Hurricane David hit landfall in the southeastern Dominican Republic. It caused massive destruction, terrible loss of life, Over 2,000, more like 3,000 deaths. It was the most intense hurricane to make landfill in the country in recorded history. The bishops of that country called for help. And an American bishop was meeting with Archbishop Weekland at the time with all the bishops in Washington, D.C. And he asked for help from the Archdiocese of Milwaukee. Well, my friend was one of those two priests that were asked by the Archbishop. And uh, I said to him, you know, someday I'd like to take your place. About a month and a half later, I got a phone call from him and I said, whoa, where are you calling from, Santo Domingo? And he said, no, Bob, I'm at uh, St. Francis Hospital in Milwaukee. I got horribly sick and they rushed me back here to the hospital. Bob, 
put your money where your mouth is. And I went to study Spanish. After Spanish, I went to this small little place in the province of Azua in the southern part of the Dominican Republic. I arrived about a year and a half after Hurricane David. I could see the destruction. We were assigned by the bishop, the two priests, the one who arrived first, uh, the friend of the friend who had to come home early, and myself to a desert area that was being converted by the, um, by the government into a fertile area to grow food for the entire country. Um, there wasn't a house for us. Instead of uh, getting a rectory or a place to live, one of the nuns who was working in a grade school in the area where our parish was, uh, she happened to be working in Project 4, Proyecto Cuatro. And um, she was a mover and a shaker. And she found an empty house in Proyecto Cuatro where the priest could live. Well, the priest, uh, the house was not quite, it was empty. But the reason nobody was living in it is because it had been used as a chicken coop. You know what chicken coops smell like? Well, she rounded up a group of parents of the grade school children who helped us scrub down the house and paint it and move in. We were in Proyecto Cuatro. It was an agricultural area. Our parish, the bishop said, we think it's about... Um, 550 square miles. It's not quite that big where you'll be working, but it goes up into the mountains, and who knows how far you'll get. When Hurricane touched ground, one of the places it really hit hard was the mountainous area of Sabana Yegua. And the people of Sabanajegua lived behind a new dam that was being built by the government that was supposed to supply the water to the irrigation system that we had moved into. Well, Hurricane David filled that dam up four years before it was supposed to be filled with water. It was filled with mud and water. And the town was being inundated by a brand new lake behind the dam. In the middle of the night, the word came that they had to evacuate. Some people wouldn't, and their bodies were found days later floating down the river. Those who did piled into cars and trucks and uh, whatever they could do, some hitchhiked as far as they could. The government moved them into the buildings that were being built in Sabana Jegua Nueva, the new Sabana Jegua, where they were supposed to be moving four years later after the dam had been constructed and the town finished. They were assigned 
as they jumped off the trucks and the buses and the cars and whatever they used to get there. Um, as they came out, they were assigned three families to a house. Those houses were pretty small. I'm told the microphone here. Is it on? Am I making, I'm making that squeak, huh? <laughs> okay. The, um, the houses were, or, or the bedrooms, there were three bedrooms to a house, and each bedroom was about this big. Your bedroom is bigger. That was one family per bedroom. The living room of the house, which also served as the dining room, wasn't much bigger. It was about that big. The kitchen was the smallest room in the house. It was about this big. It had a bathroom, but the plumbing wasn't finished. Each house had plumbing in the walls, but the city plumbing in the streets and the sewage system wasn't finished. As I said, it was two years later when we arrived. And we couldn't believe how the people were living. And that's how Sagrada Familia Parish started. It started as a small spark, but grew into something that today is trying to be, is being emulated by other parishes throughout that diocese. The parish has uh, about 28 chapels now. When I was there, we probably had 15 at the very most made out of wood. Now they are of block, cement block. We had thatched roofs on some of them. They are zinc roofs now, and the roofs are attached strongly enough so that a hurricane cannot blow them off. They are to be hurricane shelters for part of the town if ever there is another hurricane like Hurricane David. This parish has grown with a sense of, of not just providing mass and the sacraments, but providing a community of believers together and believers who take their faith not just into church, if you ask them, they would say, oh, I would ask, uh, how many Catholics are here? Well, there are many religions in the Dominican Republic, but they would raise their hands and say, Padre, todos somos católicos. We're all Catholic. And that's kind of a sense that they had. They were a community, maybe of different religions, but everybody was together, mostly, except when they argued. But the parish began to grow. We uh, had catechism classes in each one of the small chapels that we started, and they became community centers. And these chapels became places where uh, people would come together for major meetings in their community and begin to take some control of their communities after Hurricane David. 
uh, this parish grew and uh, they built a church in Sabana Yegua Nueva, the new Sabana Yegua, that is as big as this one. Not as tall, but as big as this one. I don't know, but I suspect it seats a thousand people. It's kind of hard to tell because a lot of people, a lot of the kids will sit down on the floor and kind of move around. But it's a, a wonderful experience. The parish now has uh, uh, not only 23 or 28 chapels uh, built of cement block, but um, it now has um, this main church in Sabana Yegua, but it also has, throughout the villages, it has three nutrition centers for young children, preschool children. Now, many of the mothers, because of the poverty, have to work sometimes in the fields along with their husbands. But many work away from their homes. And so the children get at least three square meals a day. Two at home, maybe, and one really good one at the nutrition center. A medical center has been built for the entire area surrounding Sabana Yegua. People come from miles around. It includes a doctor, a dentist, a psychological counselor, who help the people deal with problems that they could only get help with in the provincial capital of Azwa. Catholic mass and religious education is offered by the parishioners and the priests um, to the largest maximum security prison in the country. It's called Kilometro Quince, Kilometro Quince, which is 15 kilometers away from the city of Azwa. The parish is in Sabana Yegua, which is called Kilometro Once. So we're just two kilometers from that prison. It's the largest prison population in the country with over 500 prisoners. Um, four prisoners to a cell, a cell. This. What am I doing? I better stop moving. <laughs> but this is all done by you. Um, this parish continues to grow. Over the past years, we've gotten a lot of news about Haiti and uh, what's going on with the government and what's going on in the country with uh, flooding and so on. The parish now offers Spanish classes for Haitians and provides mass and religious education for over 5,000 refugees from Haiti. That's something new, and the parishioners came up with that idea. The parish now that, that you have been supporting over these past years has become a parish that is a model for others throughout the country. 
the parish that you continue to support with your prayers, with your actions, with, with those who go on pilgrimages to the parish, are, um, is um, considered uh, the pastor there is on the priest council for the bishop of the entire province. All the rest of the members are Dominicans, and he is from Guatemala. Sagrada Familia is, uh, I think, a miracle in the middle of the desert. Sagrada Familia means holy family, that we're all one family. Um, the latest project was that the parish decided to build a hotel. They built it down near the Caribbean Ocean, where they think that the next big tourist uh, explosion is going to take place in the Dominican Republic, because it's so close to the capital. And um, in fact, the country is, um, the government is already building three and four lane roads to get to that area. Well, the parish built a small hotel as a retreat center. And they're using two of the smallest, furthest away villages. In fact, um, they only got a grade school five years ago in those two villages. And now they have a high school. The people made their living by illegally cutting down trees in the forests around them and making charcoal and selling it. The problem with a hotel and the problem with the people is, you know, I don't feel like going down and making charcoal today. So they stay at home. Or they decide that uh, oh, it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Instead of taking a siesta, I'm going home. They weren't used to shift work. They weren't used to being held accountable for a certain amount of work done in a certain amount of time. That's what the parish is trying to teach these people. Not just so that they would run hotels, but for them to be ready for when the call comes. And instead of getting employees from the capital or from Oswa, that the villages around the place of the beaches will be able to grow and sustain themselves in a better way. These are the things that you have done. I'd ask you to continue your financial support of the parish. Check out the parish's website. They keep it updated. It's Sagrada Familia, one big word, at archmill.com. That's the Archmill, uh, uh, Archdiocese of Milwaukee website. There's a pilgrimage coming up in October for um, several days. And a group of people from the Milwaukee Archdiocese will be coming, English-speaking, um, uh, will be going along to the Dominican Republic. Some of them will be staying at that hotel. Some of them will be staying in Sabana Jegua. But it's an opportunity to really see firsthand the miracle that is Holy Family Parish. I want to thank you. Um, it would be a vacation that you would remember forever. Archbishop um, Lestecki has just recently, within the last two years, uh, 
demanded that any young man to be uh, ordained for the Archdiocese of Milwaukee as a priest must spend at least a full month in a developing country speaking a foreign language so that they can know what it is like to serve a multilingual church back here in Wisconsin. So the parish is giving back to us. Please, keep us in your prayers. Support the parish with your time and talent. Look, look up the parish and see what's going on. You just won't believe it. Amen.